It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, welcome back to Outside the Box. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had it, but we're back and chatting Lincoln Stars hockey. As always, Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman, and as always, joined by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky. And Rocky, how are we doing? It feels like it's been a few weeks. You and I have talked plenty, but we haven't talked in this setting since mid-December. No, it, it has been a few weeks, and there's been uh, a lot going on and, and a little going on at the same time, right? We uh, we finished up our uh, first half of the regular season there. Not first half, but where we deem our break is and, exactly. and uh, got to have a little bit of downtime with uh, the Christmas holiday and right back at it there uh, right after uh, Christmas and into the new year, and, and here we are. How nice was that to just have a week to not really have to worry about some stuff on ice to just kind of put it out of your well, much sure, I'm sure it wasn't completely out of your mind, but put it out of your you know every minute of the day thoughts perhaps. It's never 365 seven days a week. It's never out of my mind, mm-hmm. um, but it is. It's good to to put it on the back burner a little bit and and spend some time with my my wife and and the girls and and just kind of be really present at home uh for the majority of the day and and not have the phone ring in and college coaches or pro guys or or nick calling talking about whatever the flavor of the day is with our hockey operations so uh, as much as i enjoy talking to all those people and i do genuinely enjoy mm-hmm. talking to everybody but it's nice to be able to to disconnect a little bit and and uh, just focus on the kids and and my family were you like me and you felt like there was a point where Okay, my batteries are fully charged. Let's get back to it. Yeah, on on like day six when when yep. my older one was just driving me bananas, uh, and you know, of course, it was right after Christmas, and and uh, her sister got a bunch of new toys from Santa Claus and from us and everybody else, and and uh, Ronnie was uh, hiding her sister's toys. In fact, she got a a princess doll that disappeared three, four days after Christmas, and my wife and I have flipped the house upside down and cannot find this thing <laughs> anywhere. And it's, I mean, we have a nice house, but it's not like we live in a mansion. It, it should not be that difficult to find. It's a yellow doll. Yeah. And we cannot find this doll for the life of us anywhere. So that has been the uh, the mystery of, of post-Christmas and where Ronnie hid the uh, the, the yellow bell doll. Uh, so we're, we're searching for it, and if we don't come up with it, then... It'll uh, it'll be repurchased, I suspect, <laughs> because we feel bad for for Cammy, the little one that she got. Uh, she got to play with it for about two days, and then it was gone. Well, Ronnie may have a future as a hide and go seek champion at this rate, right? You know, it's not the first thing that's disappeared. She <laughs> it's uh, a precedent. Though. Yeah, she had. I mean, she hides Cammy's toys. Number one <laughs> on a pretty regular basis, but she had a comb. We had two combs for her hair. There was one upstairs. There was one downstairs. The one downstairs completely vanished, and you know Ronnie will tell us that she has no idea where they are. I don't believe her, um, but she's she's pretty uh, she's pretty adamant about the fact that she doesn't know where they are. What I do think is that she did hide them, but she does not remember where she hid them. That, that could be, and uh, and so now it's one of those things where she's not actually lying to me because she does not know where they are. 
but uh, I, there's nowhere else for us to look in the house, Joel. I might have to bring some reinforcements in and have some fresh eyes come yeah. and look around and see if they could find anything. Sometimes that's what it takes, just a different set of eyes to, to get it done. And that was going to be my next question was, did your daughters like what they got for Christmas? But I'm seeing there was maybe a little bit of a, a little jealousy, perhaps? No, it's it's not jealousy. Okay. I, we could give Cammy a, a brown cardboard box and Ronnie would want it. It's just, it's a sibling jealousy I guess mm-hmm. more than anything and uh, Ronnie loves a lot of the toys that she got and there are uh, quite a few things that she'll let Cammy play with and um, but they're they're three and well Ronnie will be four in April and Cammy's you know a year and a half and so uh, there's that natural wanting sure. whatever you don't have whether you actually want it or not and uh, that's just the nature of two children that are that close together. Just underway here on Outside the Box, our first time back from the Christmas break. Of course, Outside the Box brought to you by Raising Canes. Hope to have you join us on the show here tonight. The Call us on the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. And text us on that same line, the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Shifting our focus to what happened on the ice, it was a great start to last weekend on Friday uh, as the Lincoln Stars picked up a 5-1 to victory over the Omaha Lancers. And, Rocky, there was not a lot to dislike about that night. Energy was great. Several guys back from injury or international competition, and we'll be talking about that more as well. But a uh, great start to the weekend last Friday. What was your what was your favorite part about that win against Omaha last weekend? I Two for two on the power play. <laughs> ups, ups that percentage a little bit with a 100% game. Uh, you know, I thought I thought we did a really good job of burying our chances. I thought our game plan was sound, and we executed it really well. I didn't love our D zone. Uh, I thought we gave up too many shots, and uh, that got glossed over a little bit because Cameron was so excellent in the net, but it, it kind of reared its head a little bit on Saturday, obviously, with a, a pretty poor effort. But you see how, how razor thin the margins are. Uh, you know, we win Friday 5-1, and everybody thinks we played wonderfully because we, we scored five goals. We didn't play all that different on Saturday, but we made some mistakes. We gave up some odd man rushes where they were able to capitalize. Uh, you know, Lucas will readily admit it probably wasn't his best effort of, of the, the year, and he got thrown into a really tough spot. He was not expecting to start. Uh, Cameron was supposed to start and up until about noon on Saturday, Cameron was starting and, and he fell pretty ill and, uh, to the point where not only was he not able to play, he wasn't even going to travel with us. And so we had to dig up a, uh, an emergency goalie. Fortunately, Jacob Morgan is a local kid who's on our midget team, who's actually a very good goalie. And, uh, he was able to step in and, in uh, Cameron's ass, uh, absence as an, emergency backup and and Lucas was thrust into that start and Lucas had a tough week he missed two days of practice because of the debacle that was Southwest Airlines last last yeah. week and and so um, there's certainly no blame to go around uh, but it was it was not a great performance by us as a whole on Saturday and and that was unfortunate because I thought that our effort was really good on Friday and our energy was there and and our focus was there and I was really hoping that was gonna uh, roll into Saturday and, and give us another great effort. But obviously, we didn't get that that same result. I think going into that weekend, it would have been fair to expect it was probably going to be a weekend split with a short week with coming back from the holiday. But it's like you said, it was just kind of different 
on the scoreboard how both games ended up. Um, you know, we you've talked about this at length as well. One of the things that hurt Saturday was those odd man rushes. Two of them happened in that first period, and they score on both of those. Uh, Tri City, that being as uh, it was a five to one win last Friday, six to one loss at Tri City last Saturday. For those who missed it, but Rocky, I think it's easy to say we have to limit odd man rushes. How do you limit those? It's it's counting the jerseys in front of you. It's understanding what's coming at you. And, and so we talk to our D and, and our third forward that's generally higher in the zone all the time about understanding what we call center speed, right? If the puck is on the wall but there's a second forward coming up the dots, your gap is set with him. Because if you go down the wall to the puck carrier, one little chip, one little pass – sends that guy on his way and eliminates you from being on the defensive side of the puck. And now all of a sudden we take an even-numbered situation, we turn it into a a favorable situation in in regards to numbers for them. And that's what happened if you pay close attention to the first two goals. Our defenseman got too low in the offensive zone. Our F3 did not hold his high position. He also Mm -hmm. moves his feet down the ice. One pass beats both of them. It's a two-on-one. The second one is a neutral zone situation. Our our strong side D gets down the wall and outside the dots. One pass beats both of them. And so it's it's very easy to understand those things. But in real time, at, at high speed, when you're trying to do things to, to help make things happen, sometimes it becomes uh, a counter-effective. And they actually scored four of their six goals on line rushes on that game, and odd man line rushes. And then they scored, you know, they scored on the, the power play late in the game, and we, we kind of – game was a little over at that point, obviously. But um, those are things that we absolutely have in our control. Uh, we can't turn pucks over at the offensive blue line. We can't not get pucks out on our defensive blue line. That's how a lot of the offense got generated by Omaha on Friday was our failure to get pucks out. Uh, so – those gray areas, five feet on each side of both blue lines, are, are incredibly important to take care of. And, and when you're not managing them well, then then you tend to see some of the mistakes that, that occur. And Tri-City was what they generally are at home. They were on fire to start the game, and they scored in the first shift. And, and it's it's hard to, to get your momentum back after that. And they've been playing well recently. They've won three of the last four games against the Stars as well. That season series between the two teams is now evened up at four games apiece. So four and four. Uh, Stars technically four, three, and one against Tri-City, one of those being uh, an overtime loss as well. So shifting the focus ahead, Lincoln takes on Fargo this weekend and hope to see everyone at the Icebox. 7.05 p.m. puck drop on Friday, 6.05 p.m. on Saturday. And this is a team who fans got to see, but it was about a month ago. And, Rocky, I was thinking about this as we were just talking about the game with Tri-City. Is it is it easier in a way to be playing it's not easier to be playing a tougher opponent after a tough loss, but is it easier to motivate the team a little bit more when you have a tall task, like a team who's above you in the standings as your next opponent? You know what? I, I It's always nice to be on top, but, but there's something to be said for being the hunter instead of the hunted. And, you know, the Fargo doesn't seem to lose to anybody lately. No. And so if, if we're going to make up some ground in the standings, we're going to have to beat them head-to-head. It's just that simple, and and that's a scenario with two games in our building where I don't even believe there needs to be motivation. If I have to motivate the players under these circumstances, we have some deeper issues that we need to address, and, and I'm not a big believer in motivation as, as odd or 
as it might sound as me being a coach, I'm a big believer in discipline and doing things the right way all the time because that's in your best interest. And and if you need somebody to come in and rah, 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 scream and yell to get you going, then then maybe you're not as committed to, to your craft as you think you are. And um, so we should be ready to play regardless of the situation or circumstance or the opponent. However, when you add in the element of it's Fargo and they're ahead of us in the standings and here's four points on the line in our building, which closes that gap rather rather dramatically if we're able to to come away with a sweep this weekend. That's all the motivation that the guys should need. They should be roaring to go and then and I I think they are. I I I don't want to build it up too early. Uh you know, it's a slow build throughout the course of the week, but um you know, they've been they've been pretty focused in in practice yesterday and today and then this afternoon skate and uh Curtis Brown our our uh, development coaches here in town for a couple days and so they get to hear a different voice and a different perspective and uh, I think all of that is great and, and hopefully we're able to continue to do great things throughout the course of the week in preparation for a big game on Friday. Last time the Stars faced the force was December 3rd, 2-1 to one victory and that was a game, Rocky, that felt like the playoffs. The emotion was high, the intensity was high and you already brought up the word discipline which I wanted to bring up here. How do you keep guys disciplined in a game like this? They know what's at stake. They see the standings in the locker room, and they know it's going to be a tight game. How do you keep them locked in and not making those emotional mistakes that sometimes can happen in those types of games? Every game we talk about not letting our emotions control us. We we focus on the things that we can control. That's our emotions, our energy, uh, our effort. Um, you know, it, it's it's not getting too high, not getting too low, not letting the ebbs and flows of a game control how we're we're feeling and how we're acting and the things that we're doing and so you know we can't control the refs we can't control bad bounces we can't control the ice there's nothing there's nothing there that's within our control so why spend any energy on it instead spend all your positive energy on the things that you can control and so for us it's about hey guys they're going to get some shifts right they're going to have some some extended offensive possession we're going to have some extended offensive possession they're going to get some chances. We're going to get some chances. Who's going to bury those chances? Who's going to win the special teams battle? Who's going to take that dumb penalty? <laughs> who's going to Who's going to you know in a tight game do something that puts you on a on a on a penalty kill? And and uh, I'm sure they're having those same conversations in their room. You know, as as good of a club as they are, I I'm sure that Nick and his staff respect what we've done to this point. They know that they're one and one against us this year. We're certainly not a pushover. They have a challenge ahead of us, of them, and and we have a challenge ahead of us. Fargo, like the Stars, has slowly been getting guys back from the World Junior Championship, and boy, Rocky, that's been it's been a fun tournament so far in the last couple of days. Uh, U.S. taking on Canada tomorrow. How much have you watched of these World Junior Championship games? You've got a few former players playing for Team USA in it. I imagine that's got to be pretty fun. In addition to watching Latvia with Klaus Weinberg's, I watch all the games. Um, in fact, my my daughter said, "Oh, Daddy's home. Hockey's going on the TV." when I got home a couple days ago or yesterday when the U.S. was playing. Um, you know, I actually, I coached with Dennis Williams, who's the head coach okay. of Team Canada. We won a, a national championship together in Amarillo. So uh, I do have a little bit of a vested interest in, in watching them play and watching the U.S. team play. And um, But more than anything, it's been a, you know, it's a holiday tradition for as long as I can remember the day after pardon me the day after christmas is the first day of world juniors and and uh so 
last year was so odd, right? The tournament started and then it got canceled and, you know, Port and Caden Imberico is there. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's in quarantine because he was quote unquote tested positive, but he had absolutely no symptoms. And it's just, it was a, it was a crazy event. And, and so, um, you know, they got to play it in July or in August, which was also weird. And so this is now pretty cool to, to get that normalcy back in regards to that tournament. But, uh, Curtis was in the office this morning. We, he called me last night from the airport in Omaha and we were talking about the Bedard goal and overtime and, and, uh, a lot of different things and how, how actually we believe Connor Bedard can, you know, what his ceiling is in the national hockey league, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And Curtis was talking about his experience playing for team Canada and world junior tournament. So, um, it's just, you're watching so many guys, play at a, an incredibly high level, but those are the guys that are going to play in the National Hockey League over the next couple of years, and so it's it's pretty cool experience. It's been a lot of fun to watch. That Canada-Slovakia game last night had me on the edge of my seat. I was standing at some points, honestly. It was such a great game throughout, and got to figure U.S. and Canada is going to be a ton of fun tomorrow as well. So let me ask you this then. You, you mentioned all these people you've got connections with in it. Do you even do you watch it as a fan of maybe one team, or is it almost just, boy, I just want my guys to succeed? Well, you want you want your guys to succeed without question. You know, I'm I'm rooting for Clavs when he's playing to to score, and uh, but I'm also I'm watching it from a recruiting perspective, right? Mm-hmm. There's you're you're identifying some younger guys and and taking a peek. Oh, he's committed to college. Is he drafted in our league? He's not. Okay, there's a guy that we put on our list, and um, but but ultimately, I'm I'm an American and. I'm rooting for the the U.S. team without question, and Rand Pecknold as a friend, the head coach at at Quinnipiac, Reed Cashman and Pat Fershweiler. I've known those guys a long time, and and so uh, from a staff perspective, I I wish them nothing but the best, and uh, you you want to see the U.S. win gold every time they have their opportunity. That's pretty exciting. Hopefully they can get to that point here over the next uh, couple of days. You know, Ronky, another thing that's going on in the hockey world is the Winter Classic, which was yesterday. And unfortunately for us as Penguins fans, they weren't able to get the win. But it got me thinking, you know, it's been 10 years since the Lincoln Stars were last in an outdoor game. That was against Omaha at Charles Schwab, then TD Ameritrade Park. And it got me thinking, if the Stars could be in an outdoor game again, and there's been a few teams who've done this, if the Stars were in one, who would you want them to face and where would you want maybe a place to be both in Lincoln and outside? How about that? Well, uh, the Youngstown Phantoms are playing Cedar Rapids at, uh, at the football stadium in Cleveland, yeah. which I think would be just absolutely incredible. Especially um, if you could fill it. Yes. Now, I don't, I, I don't expect they're going <laughs> to fill it, but um, you know, I think it would be awesome to – Again, I'm from Youngstown, so I, I have a bias. But being able to play close to home in an environment like that would be awesome. Uh, certainly, if you're going to play in Lincoln, how could you not want to play in the in Memorial Stadium? And, and all the history that's there from a football perspective, how cool would it be for them to, to throw a, an ice rink down at, at the 50-yard line and, and have us play the Lancers there, right? Yeah. I think it would be the natural fit for us to play them, um, you know, it, Tri City, Sioux City, whatever. I think the Omaha one is is the natural one. Um, from a from a, a a nationally based thought process, uh, how could you not want to play at Fenway Park? That's a good point. I mean, it they, looked great yesterday. It, it's incredible, and and the Bruins get off the bus. They all have Red Sox uniforms on, carrying bats and and gloves. Like I was like, <laughs> how cool is that? Um, so you know, one of those stadiums, obviously, Fenway. Wrigley Field, you know, yeah. something like that. 
um, Lambeau Field throw one at, at Green Bay. Like, I, I, there'd be so many cool things that you could do with it. Yankee Stadium, now the new stadium doesn't have the same aura as the old one, but, um, you know, of, of course, there's some pretty cool uh, environments that uh, that it would really really be fun to be a part of and and uh, i've actually never coached an outdoor game i was gonna ask that next um, you've never been part of one outdoors. i've never been part of an outdoor game um i would love now i grew up playing outdoors my first you know we didn't actually have an indoor rink in in ohio in youngstown until my freshman year in high school so we drove an hour back and forth to to cleveland to play uh, we had a little outdoor rink there so that's where we practiced growing up was outdoors so uh i would love the experience of being able to coach in an outdoor game and and uh it's a lot of work it's not as simple as saying hey let's let's play outdoors and in amarillo they built a beautiful uh ballpark right next door to the the amarillo civic center where the amarillo sod poodles play the the baseball team and um there was talks of us getting getting that going there and uh and then obviously the the wholesale of the te- or move of the team and everything kind of squashed that, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Wranglers ended up playing in an outdoor game in in that facility. But uh, I don't know. I, I'd love for us as a as an organization to push it and and see if we could find a way to make it work. Even play it play at the ball field, play at Haymarket. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that's a maybe even a more uh, realistic scenario than than playing it at the football stadium one can dream though right yeah it would be incredible it'd be incredible i was gonna say maybe you'd have to pull a red sox thing and maybe the stars players come out in pads and football nebraska football jerseys and i think we could on. do that how dp would be able to hook us up with some with some <laughs> huskers jerseys for that i thought that was so cool yesterday them doing that it's a nice kind of honoring of just sport in general that i thought was so cool it was that connection to the hosts but uh that's the neat thing that the Winter Classic has done. I don't know if a lot of other sports do a great job of with their events. And did you feel the same way? You know what i I enjoyed the the amount that I watched that game yesterday. I didn't watch the whole game because I did switch to the U.S. game. Um, I thought that when they first started playing the outdoor games, it was the coolest thing ever, and and it was just the Winter Classic. Well, then it became the outdoor series and. Now we're trying to play games in California and the ice is melting. And um, I thought it became a little bit cliche and and it kind of it lost some of that that mystique to it a little bit. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the two teams that were playing the the venue that they were in yesterday. But but that kind of had that feeling of excitement that that I feel like that game has been missing for quite a few years. Yeah, I think the venue for me, frankly, is half the battle with that. But hey, maybe we'll get the stars on this at some point here. That'd be a lot of fun to host one. Every time since I've been here, I've looked back at that one from before and thought that'd be so cool. So last year, we and before I before I got the job, but we had agreed to go to the Frosty Cup in in Dallas. Right. Well when they agreed to go to the frosty cup, it was under the impression that we were playing one of the two games outside. And so I was all fired up. I'm like, this is great. We're going to Dallas. We're going to play outside against tri city. How cool is this going to be like, and we get there and we're playing at the, the uh, Dr. Pepper center. I don't know what it's called now, but it used to be the Dr. Pepper center in Frisco where we won the Robertson cup, by the way, and with the, the bulls, but, um, and it's empty. Right, it's empty. the The youth tournament doesn't start till Friday. We're playing Wednesday, Thursday. There's nobody around. 
like we came all the way down here we were all excited to play outdoors that doesn't happen like it was just kind of a bummer and that's why we're not in it this year it wasn't wasn't a good fit for us but we were hoping to be able to play outdoors and and uh you know what i'm gonna mention that to to alberto and see if there's something that that we could plant a seed for for down the road because i think it would be an awesome experience absolutely well rocky we'll take a quick break here when we come back we'll have a couple of guests joining us carson biden's and daniel sambuco this is outside the box being brought to you by raising canes on 93.7 the ticket